بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله وكفى والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله اللهم صل وسلم على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم قال الله سبحانه وتعالى في القرآن المجيد بعد عوض بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم إن عدة الشهور عند الله إثنى عشر شهرا في كتاب الله وقال تعالى إذا جاء أجلهم لا يستأخرون ساعة ولا يستقدمون وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم المؤمن من أمنه الناس على أموالهم ودمائهم المؤمن من أمنه الناس على أموالهم وأنفسهم والمهاجر من هجر الخطايا والذنوب وكما قال عليه الصلاة والسلام Respected elders and mothers, brothers, students, listeners Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh we are indebted to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and overwhelmed with debt to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for all the blessings that we enjoy in the past, present, and the future. Allah Azza wa Jalla is the ultimate creator, maker, and breaker of everything and the ultimate sustainer and provider for all of us what we see and what we don't see. Allah Azza wa Jal, He is the one who has blessed us with the desire of, of, and the blessings of Iman. He is the one who has allowed us to come here this blessed Jumu'ah and sit and listen to the talk of deen. It is only Allah Azza wa Jal who has granted us the physical ability and the spiritual ability to come towards deen. The understanding of deen is a great gift of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Many times when we're discussing the Quran with children or young adults, and we speak about the different aspects of the Qur'an, or we speak about the different aspects of the greatness of Allah, the oneness of Allah, and the belief in Allah, things seem so apparent to ourselves and our children, alhamdulillah, they seem so obvious, that a person may react and say, why is it that others don't understand this? I cannot fathom, I can't wrap around the idea that there are people who do not believe in this message of the Qur'an, which is so obvious and clear. Yesterday during lunchtime here, Luhar time, a, a, a revert brother, came in and he was full of excitement, gave me, gave me a big hug and I was emotionally gave me a hug and said, I just want to tell you that I was going through some, I came to the masjid, he comes here for Dhuhr Salah. He said, I came here to the masjid and I was going through some issues and I was having some serious doubts about something. And he says, well then, the way I read the Quran, you know, and he said, I just take the book and open it. So he said, I took the mushaf and I just opened it to whatever was there and started reading and reading the translation. And he said, uh, you know, how can someone not believe that this is the gift, the word of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when every single thing that I had come to with the masjid with, the doubts, the issues, every single one of them was answered as I read that, that passage. Whatever issues I had come with, Allah azza wa jal answered that in a matter of minutes as I opened the Quran. Right? This, my brothers and sisters, is guidance from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, a gift that is second to nothing. I mean, there's nothing that can come to to come close to this beautiful gift of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So we may sometimes uh, wonder how come people don't understand the beauty of Islam, the beauty of our Prophet wasallam, the beauty of the teachings of Islam. It is not about how come people don't understand, it's the fact that we should just have our head bowed down in front of Allah, thanking Him and appreciating that how He has made something which is uh, uh, difficult for others to comprehend has made it obvious for us, has made it our nature that we feel, we feel Islam and the teachings of Islam are very natural, are, are what we are born with or what we have accepted 
but something that is goes with the fitrah. So that's why the Prophet said, Man khayran, When Allah intends to do good with someone, when Allah intends well with someone, then He grants him the understanding of deen. And the, the absence or the presence of health and wealth, these are not the criteria of Allah's love for a person. But when a person just starts getting it, he said, Islam makes sense to me. Islam is something dear to me. This is, there's a conviction there that nothing can move. No matter what happens in the world, up and down, it makes no difference. I am convinced that this is the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is the beauty of a mu'min, that he sees Allah's hand in everything. Someone going through a divorce, he sees Allah's hand in that. A, 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 someone had a, a, a miscarriage, seeing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's hand in that. Someone is having a happy moment of aqiqah, and, and a new child born in the family, healthy, seeing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's hand in that. Someone who's lost his job, seeing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's hand in that. That is the training that we have to go through to start seeing that not every single love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala comes in the manner that you perceive it to be. Just like our children do not see the, the love of the parents in the manners that they want to or that they think that they will see. It's not always hugs and kisses. It's not always congratulations and great job. There are definitely tough moments as well where there is rectification, reprimanding and, and so forth. And there, what motivates that? The very same thing that motivates a hug, the very same thing that motivates a hi-fi, a very same thing that motivates a gift, is the same thing that motivates a father or a mother to sit all night worried about what's happening to their son or daughter and having a one-on-one -on -one talk with them, speaking to a counselor and cutting down their freedoms on certain issues or, or whatnot. All, what motivates a mom and dad to lose their sleep, to tear up and to worry about it's a very same love that made them want to give him a gift, made, made them want to hug her. That very same things, that same love and emotion is here, but it comes out in a different manner. The, the child, children may not understand that at a young age, but most definitely when they grow older, and most definitely when they become parents, they understand that those emotions and those things that I, I felt from my parents were not motivated by hate, were not motivated by anger, were not motivated by anything else besides love, besides genuine care for me. So Allah Azza wa Jal has His very interesting ways of dealing with us. Allah Azza wa Jal has very interesting ways of raising us, training us, forgiving us, granting us. And it is our responsibility to be able to be farsighted enough, to be deep thinkers enough, to be what we call, you know, mutabassir, mutawassim, mutafakkir, to be able to see the signs of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. إِنَّ فِي ذَلِكَ لَآيَاتِ الْمُتَوَسِّمِينَ that is mentioned in, in, in Surah Al-Hijr, Allah Azza wa Jal, after speaking about the destruction of Lut, Lut nation, and destruction of Shu'ayb or, uh, or Ashab al-Aika, the, 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 the nation that was, or the villages that were near Madian, Allah Azza wa Jal says, in there's amazing signs in here, but not everyone's gonna get it. المتوسمين, those who have the ability, who've been gifted with farsightedness, who've been gifted with insight, who've been gifted to be able to search and seek out answers and uh, solutions. Those are the people when they see incidents happening around them, they will learn a lesson. My brothers and sisters, we are constantly be surrounded in our life, personal life, with issues, emotions. We have many dua requests that come through throughout the week, and then on this blessed Friday as well. And you get to hear what people are going through in their lives, what issues they're going through. We need to understand that these ahwal and these conditions, whether they are at a personal level or an entire collective level, these conditions come from none other than Allah Azza wa Jal. That Allah Azza wa Jal that has granted you and I thousands of days of healthy, healthy days where we are able to eat and drink as we wish. And we don't have to worry about what we're ingesting, what's happening. 
there are once in a while some days where we have an upset stomach. Right? And just those like 999 days of health came from Allah, that one day of sickness also comes from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It, it balances us out properly. It makes us appreciate those 999 days. What good is a blessing if it is not appreciated? What good is a blessing? Someone, Allah had blessed him with a car. And he says, no, I don't want to drive it. He leaves it and he walks 10, 15 miles to work, for example. What good is that blessing of a car when he doesn't use it? Someone Allah has gifted with shoes. All of us, alhamdulillah. And imagine if a person says, no, in this heat or in the cold in the winter, that I'm going to walk home barefoot. What is use is the blessings. And that's why Allah Azza wa Jal says, this Proclaim the blessings of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that you're enjoying. So a blessing, if not valued, is of no benefit. So the blessing of health, the blessing of wealth, the blessing of iman, the blessing of family, blessing of loving fam- spouse and kids, these are blessings of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that we must value it. Otherwise, we're not really getting its potential. We're not fulfilling anything. And it, Allah forbid, it may happen that Allah chooses to test us, to take it away from us once in a while, so that we begin to realize what we had all along. What we had all along. When we were in Hajj, now, uh, we, I remember there were times in the tent, people would say it's getting really hot. In the tent, in Mina. So what we used to tell them, what do you think? He said, I mean, you can't change the AC. So he said, why don't you just go for a walk outside? Go for a walk, go, go to the bathroom, just go outside, just make a little walk, five minute walk and come back. Five, ten minutes later, that brother would come back and say, Oh, mashallah, it's so cool here. It's so cool, it's so nice, I can go to sleep right now. What happened? They put themselves in a situation where even that little AC that they, or a lot of AC, whatever it may be, that they had is taken away. All of a sudden, they find, understand the value of what, was, what they had. And the very, nothing has changed. It's a perception in the body, in the mind that has changed. It's being the glass being half full or half empty, being optimistic or pessimistic. All of a sudden, the mind and the body said, well, actually, you know what? I should be grateful to this. And I may add, beyond the body's adaptation to the temperature, something that you see when you leave your tent is thousands and thousands of people who don't have a tent, who are in 116, 118 degree temperature without any shade. When you look at that, how can that not affect a person? And a person feels that, subhanAllah, how blessed and lucky I am that I have this beautiful tent over me, a nice cold water, juice, and AC and whatnot. These are the blessings of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So my brothers, one of the, the ultimate blessings that we have, of course, besides iman, is the fact that we have a life to practice on the dictates of this iman. If this life is, is not present with us, we would never have been able to praise or appreciate and thank and, and make ibadah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's why the Prophet alayhi salatu wasalam, he mentioned in hadith, the khayrun nas, the best of people, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam said, is the one is man tala umurhu wa hasuna amaluhu. That person whose life is long. The one who's blessed with life, long life is the best of people. But he did not stop there. Wa hasuna amaluhu and his deeds are good. His deeds are good. So the ability to do good, tawfiq from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is an amazing blessing of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But beyond that, it's not sufficient. A person needs time to do it. If a person dies young, then they will not get the opportunity to do that. They will not get an opportunity as much as they would like to, to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So alhamdulillah, as we welcome the new hijri year uh, today, being Muharram, Muharram the first, it is a, a reminder uh, of, of, of so many things. This Hijri year, my brothers, people, are start, people have asked about Happy New Year, should these type of exchanges should we make and whatnot. Is, is this Sunnah? Is this part of Sunnah? Most definitely it's not. Most definitely it's not part of Sunnah. Uh, and the, this 1,439 years ago, a great incident took place called Hijrah. That's why it's called Amul Hijri, the Hijri year. And 
the Rasul, this type of calendar of course came afterwards, after the demise of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, about 16 or 17 years later, during the time of Umar al-Khattab radiallahu anhu, there was a, an issue with two individuals, one of them owed money to the other, and he said, when, do you, when did he owe you that money? He said, Shaban. He said, Shaban of which year? And that's where the problem arose. That which year, are we talking about this year, or are we talking about next year, or last year? So then Umar uh, al-Khattab as mentioned by Ibn Kathir rahimahumullah in Bidaya wa Nihaya, he called the people, he called the companions and he made mashura from them and he asked their opinion about what to do. So this took place either in the 16th or 17th year after Hijrah, meaning six to, five to six or to seven years after the demise of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. So فَاسْتَشَارَهُمْ فِي وَضْعِ تَارِيخٍ يَتَعَرَّفُونَ بِهِ حُلُولَ دُيُونَ he asked them their opinion about how to set up a calendar or a method whereby people would know when did they owe each other money. SubhanAllah, the purpose of the calendar came about what? For the fulfillment of each other's rights. The fulfillment of each other's rights when it comes to financial transactions. That is such an important aspect of our deen that we, are, we know that the Prophet ﷺ, how he would refuse to lead the Salatul Janazah of someone who's debts hadn't been taken care of until someone would come up forward and say, I am ready to take care of their debts. And then the Prophet ﷺ would lead the janazah salah. To tell us how grave a crime this is, to think that we can assert people's money or assert people's rights and not worried about it. This is a massive, the greatest ta'zir you can imagine, the greatest warning and chastisation you can imagine that the, it's Medina, the Prophet is alive, and he says, the great janazah comes forward, the dead body comes forward, he says, I'm not going to lead this. Prayer. What could be a graver, harsher chastisement than this? For who? For the person who says, the person who, didn't, who, who did not pay their debts. So that's what um, our deen teaches us. When it comes to the rights of others, this is a very serious issue. It is not that my rights between me and my Allah, it's fine. People tell us that as long as, don't worry about it, it's between me and Allah. That's not it, that's great. What happens between you and Allah is true, it's between you and Allah. But we have to ensure that Allah has asked us to take care of the rest of the people as well. Our spouses, our children, our neighbors, our parents, our co-workers, our plants, animals, everything that's around us, they all have rights upon us. And we will be questioned about these things by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the, the background of the Hijri year, as I just said here, is that there was a person who owed another person money and they had a difference of opinion of which year it was owed in, which month of which year. They knew it was uh, the month, but they, didn't re, uh, they couldn't agree on the year. So not, not, Umar al-Khattab radiallahu anhu, he made mashura. فَقَالَ قَائِلْ أَرْخُوكَ تَارِيخِ الْفَرْصِ He said, uh, uh, why don't you, we use the calendar that uh, the Persians use. فَكَرِيَ ذَلِكَ He said, I, is there anything else? I don't like that. So another said, let's use a Roman calendar. And the Umar al-Khattab radiallahu anhu said, no. So then someone said, how about we do it? بِمَوْرِذِ رَسُولِ By the birth of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa Another one said, بَلْ بِبِعْثَتِهِ How about we do it the day or the, the, uh, from, uh, from the time he, was re he received prophethood. And someone said, Balbi Hijratihi. How about we do it from the day he left Mecca to Medina? And someone said, Balbi Wafatihi. Alayhi salatu salam. How about we start the calendar from the time he passed away? Umar radiallahu anhu. Famala Umar radiallahu anhu ila tarihi bil hijra li zuhurihi wastiharihi. Umar radiallahu anhu then took the opinion of hijra for its very, uh, uh, for the fact, for the, because of the fact that it was very apparent and it is well known. And the rest of the companions then agreed with him on this. So Imam Ibn Kathir mentions this background 
of, of, of the Hijri calendar. So our calendar at this moment is, an, is, is, uh, is, a, is a time for us on this day of Muharram 1st to reflect on the background of this calendar. And to reflect on the fact, one interesting point is that when we talk about Sunnah, many of us make it very constricted to the actions done by the Prophet And we don't realize that the rightly guided companions and the Khulafa'ur Rashidun are just as worthy of emulation because they emulated the Prophet And the Prophet said, Alaykum bi sunnati wa sunnatil Khulafa'ir Rashidin al-Mahdiyin Abdu alayha bin nawajiz Hold on to my way of life, my sunnah and the sunnah of the rightly guided caliphs The rightly guided Khulafa' that will come after me Abdu alayha bin nawajiz, make sure you hold on to it by your molar teeth Hold on to it, even though it may, people may be trying to snatch it away from you Hold on to it tight When you clench your teeth, when do, why would you need to clench it? The only reason you need to clench it hard and at tight is because someone is trying to grab it away from you. If no one was going to grab it, you would just simply hold it in your hand or hold it in your, in your mouth. The reason why he's talking about clenching the teeth here and your back teeth is because to show the struggle. There's going to be a struggle. There's going to be people trying to push you away from the sunnah. Pull the sunnah away from you, push the community away from sunnah. Sunnah of the Prophet wasallam and the sunnah of the khulafa. Notice the hijri calendar here as well. As we're all different backgrounds, we understand the Hijri calendar. We, uh, uh, we uh, abide by it. We align ourselves with it. But this was not something that was started with the time of the Prophet This was started in the, under the leadership of Umar al-Khattab anhu, in the presence of the Sahaba anhum, That tells us that even our own calendar is, is based on the Sunnah of the Sahaba anhum, So many other matters of our deen we may sometimes find that there are strong narrations of the companions practicing on something. It should, we should be rest assured that this is deen. This is sunnah. This is not contrary to, to our deen, contrary to the sunnah. If you have proper evidence that the scholars share with you on a certain issue, that the companions of the Prophet ﷺ did something, that is something sufficient. Something as simple as the two adhans that we do here and in the other masajid, where we have one adhan at the beginning at one o'clock and then another adhan before we ascend the, the pulpit. This is something that was done during the time of Uthman anhu onwards. Yes, previously was one adhan but at the time of Uthman عنه, it became two because people needed time to prepare and adhan would be given much earlier for people to leave their work and start coming to the masjid and then another adhan would be given right before the khutbah so this is sufficient for us when we see that the sahaba did something in the presence of other companions and they agreed upon it that becomes a matter of deen for us that is not something that we take lightly but it is a source of our deen that we see the rightly guided khulafa along with the companions of the Prophet ﷺ, other companions doing these type of things. So we were speaking about the aspect of New Year's. That for us, a New Year is, is a, a, it's arbitrary. There's no doubt about it. It's an arbitrary. So there's nothing specific, uh, about, auspicious about any New Year. That it is simply a source of us reflecting on the past and preparing for the future. That's, that if, if we can do that, then most definitely it's auspicious. But if we can't do that, uh, and if we're not doing that, then really there's nothing auspicious about it by in, its, in itself, in its nature. The, 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 the auspices comes about when we reflect on the lessons of hijrah and the, 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 the sacrifices of Rasulullah sallallahu and his, and his companions of leaving their homeland to a place where they're able to practice their deen. So to, all the way till now, we have this concept of hijrah. And the Prophet alayhi salatu wasalam, he mentioned uh, a sahabi came to him and he said uh, that... <clears throat> This, as narrated by Ibn Hibban, he says, خَرَجَ فُدَيْكُنْ إِلَىٰ رَسُولِ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ فَقَالَ يَا رَسُولَ اللَّهِ This person, Fudayk came and he said, O Messenger of Allah صلى الله عليه وسلم إِنَّهُمْ يَزْعَمُونَ أَنَّهُ مَنْ لَمْ يُحَاجِرْ هَلَكْ 
they claim, people are saying that the one who doesn't migrate, who did not migrate, will be ruined. فَقَالَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَّى اللَّهِ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَّى اللَهِ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَّى اللَّهِ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَّى اللَّهِ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ Listen, establish your prayer. وَآتِ الزَّكَاةِ Pay your alms. وَهْجِرَ السُّوءِ And leave and avoid sin. وَاسْكُنْ مِنْ أَرْضِ قَوْمِكْ حَيْثُ شِئْتِ And live with your people wherever you may be. تَكُنْ مُهَاجِرًا You'll be counted as a migrant, as a muhajir. Because the key point, that time when Rasulullah was making hijrah, it was fard. Everyone must leave at that time. But this doesn't mean that after that incident, if a person doesn't leave his, his area, that he will, not, he will be dying a wrong death, or that he will not, his actions will not be accepted. The key point is, what are we doing in the place where we are at? It's not about the, 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 the merit, it comes from practicing the deen. The purpose of hijrah was to be able to practice it in a more conducive environment where previously you were not able to profess your faith. That's a key thing. So right now, alhamdulillah, we have the ability to profess our faith. And we have the ability to do things. Just last week, there was a, a protest and a rally for our dear brothers and sisters who are uh, brutally being murdered and, uh, and, and assaulted in Burma, in Chicago. There was a, a rally for them last Saturday. And this Saturday as well, there's a rally. So I was mentioning to some of my colleagues while we were there uh, last Friday, or last Saturday after Dhuhr, I said, subhanAllah, we're sitting here. Uh, openly speaking, right in front of the buildings of downtown Chicago. I said, you know how many, unfortunately, Muslim-populated countries there are in the world? We would never be able to do this. We would never be able to, as Muslims, citizens of a Muslim country, be able to protest, be able to stand up in a rally about anything. Instead, it's very commonly seen, when someone speaks out, things, horrendous things happen. So alhamdulillah, Allah has blessed us with so many freedoms. And so many opportunities in this country to practice our deen freely, profess it openly. We have to utilize that. We have to utilize it. We don't have to look further of where other, other places where repressive regimes have come and what type of things have happened. So the hijrah over here, for us now, is that a person, al-muhajiru man hajara ma nahallahu wa rasooluh. That true muhajir and the true significance of a hijrah will come when a person leaves behind what Allah and His Rasul have asked him not to do so. Al-dhunub wal-ma'asi, leave behind sin. We should today, on this first of Muharram, of 1439, make a declaration with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I would like to become a muhajir. Say insha'Allah, a muhajir. In what sense of muhajir? We're not saying pack your bags and leave. We're saying let us leave the baggage of sin. Let us use this moment of reflection and say, whatever sins I have been doing for the past year, old ones, new ones, let me start cutting them out of my life. Whether it is sins against mankind, whether it's sins against the Lord Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, whether it's oppression against our dear Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, whatever they may be, or whatever type it may be, let us use this Muharram first Hijri year, beginning to start reflecting on that to bring a change into our lives and making a, an effort insha'Allah that the rem this coming year, we don't know whether it will be our last or whatnot. Let us make an intention that this coming year, we will definitely try to act as though and prepare as though it may be our last. What would happen if you know this was your last year? What would happen if you know that this was your last day? It would have been a different, obviously a different way of approaching it. We really don't know. We really don't know how much time we've got left. Let us, inshaAllah, hasibu qabla an tuhasabu, wazinu qabla an tuzanu. That weigh your deeds before they get weighed and take task of yourself before you're taken to task, to, taken to task on the Day of Judgment. I pray to Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that He brings uh, the blessings of this uh, he, uh, next 12 months for us inshaAllah and He allows myself and all of us to reflect on our past years and to sincerely repent from the major and minor sins. 
وآخر دعوانا الحمد لله رب العالمين